Welcome, everybody, to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex. With us today... Wait, fucking nobody. No one. It's back to episode one. Just <laughs> the Bob and Alex connection. <laughs> Let's go. Woohoo! We cut Erica out of the show. She's done. We don't want her here anymore. She de- she has listened to like our episodes where or segments where it's just the two of us, and she's like, it gets a lot more butch. I'm gonna pay for that comment. What does that mean? I don't know. No, you must know. I I've no I genuinely Alex I don't know what that means. It's your wife. You must know. Oh well, yeah. By that logic. <laughs> so Bob, you know we were texting the other day, or really you were texting me, and you were saying how your power went out and you have a backup generator, but it took like two seconds for that backup generator to come <laughs> online. And I think in that two seconds, everything turned off and reset, right? That's correct. What are you going to do to solve this problem? Because I'm sure you must know. I mean, I, what I think I need is Elon Musk's whole house batteries. That you can, you know, you plug that into your house and then you would plug the backup generator into the battery. So if the power goes out, you, you're working off the battery. Mm, until so, the generator kicks in to, to, to fill the battery. Hmm. But are you sure there will be no downtime? Because you don't want to spend 50 grand and then find out there's still a split second of downtime. I mean, I, that's I've got to do some more investigation, but clearly I think it's worth it. I mean, the good news is, Bob, if you buy these, they'll pay for themselves in like 50 years. Oh, yeah. So it's a totally worthwhile investment. Yes. Correct. With no negative repercussions. Nope. No. Nope. Definitely is not just a, a feel good for the environment kind of thing at all. It, it's a perfectly sound investment. I've never heard of you doing anything for the environment, so I would certainly call bullshit on that. <laughs> <laughs> I try to flush the toilet less. I installed a dual flush toilet. Did you install a uh, bidet? No. I've heard those are quite wonderful. Um, They might be. Hmm. Have you ever used one? No, but I'm saying I've heard. Uh, have you? No. I'll see. I now had, you, ha- I now had, you have to get one. I had up in up in Wisconsin, we we had a, a shower head, which... Like, would give you, like, a really hard, like, a single hard, like, the jet setting sure on your hose. And I use that to clean up down there a bit. That's kind of uh, like a bidet. This whole podcast just got ruined. <laughs> I guess I know what Erica means by butch now, because there's no way you would have said this if she was here. Uh, no. I definitely would have. No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. You're going to be giving me dirty looks from across the table. Yeah. I'm, I don't even want to do this anymore now. It's pretty much done for me. All right. Well, hug me, hold this me tight. Is, is Turn it off. <laughs> well, so the reason I brought that up is, you know, I joke around, you know, uh, I think I've joked around many times on here about how there's always something new on the list that you dedicate your whole life to buying. Right. 
But I think what it really is more than the idea of spending money is that you really want something to do. You need like a project. So mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, the whole idea of you playing something while Erica and I commentate over it. Uh-huh. That needs to be the next project, you setting that up to make that happen. Let me let me let me share with you my dream scenario and let's see if you think you have the equipment to make this happen. Okay. My dream is that you're in one room, the basement, wherever, uh-huh, playing Resident Evil. Uh-huh. And Erica and I are in another room watching you play Resident Evil, talking about it while Twitch streaming everything together. I might have the equipment already to do that. And then the next level on top of that would be you would have a mic in front of you, but you wouldn't have the ability to hear us, but we would get to hear your reactions to what's happening. See, we just need a longer one of these cables to do Mm -hmm. that. Okay. So that's the next project, Bob. You need to make that happen. Because you've already promised a minimum of two hours of Resident Evil. <laughs> and as the weeks go by and you don't play Resident Evil, the time lengthens. Oh, does it, is that how it works? Well, that's how we established it, yes. Well, we'll, we'll need to set this up. I'm sure this will be an absurd endeavor. Yeah, but it's for the podcast, so it's like a write-off. <laughs> Put it on the taxes? Yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm just wondering, like, how, how like, me having a mic would work into this. Because if I start talking, it would just drown you guys out. No, you're not going to really be talking, but more like screams of anguish, you know? Like, we don't want to hear you have a conversation with yourself, because who would ever want that? But if it's just like... Oh, that effing zombie. <laughs> Fuck you, motherfucker. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I think that would work. And then you're up here. Making fun of you. Mercilessly. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know what we could do? Is if we run out of things. If you're, like, really boring, like, you're playing super slow and you're fucking everything up and it kind of gets old. We could just start talking about wrestling while you fail in Resident <laughs> Evil and kind of kill two birds with one stone. I mean, there you go. I, I, there's a lot like you of, got a plan. There's a lot of different ways to take this. Oh, I have a great plan. It's just up to you to set it all up. See, I, the only downside, and I, you kind of alluded to this, is that I don't know that I'm good enough at video games to play through games quickly. No, we don't need you to play through it quickly. I mean, if it takes you three months to play through resident evil it's whatever (laughs) i'm just trying to think of ways to do more content for the least amount of work possible Mm. yeah fair enough (laughs) because why would you ever want to try you know well trying sucks and i can come up with some great plans as long as i don't have to be the one to execute them (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think um we had to figure out a way to hook this into the computer in real time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> well. But I think you can. I think there is a way to do it. I leave it up to you. This this is the new project. This moves to the top of the list. Top of the list? Where the LGB7 used to be, 
this is where it needs to go on the list. No, that's the king of conquest for things I want is yeah. like that sits on top of everything. Right. That's I mean, where this needs to be. No, I, I can put it like right below. Well, what's at the absolute top right now? Nothing. It's the LGB7. Okay, but I'm saying that's off the list. So a spot has opened up in the king of conquest. <laughs> right? I, I think the LGB7 just stays there. Oh. It, it's like it's like, you know, like being president emeritus or however you say that word. Where it's like <laughs> that's you, a word. you kind of stay there even though you're not really the one in charge anymore. Sure. It's the next one down. So that's where we'll put that's where we'll put this. So what seasons of the challenge have you been rewatching and why? Uh well my brother was in town mm-hmm. for two weeks. And uh we Was were, that too much time or just right or not enough? I I thought it was a good amount of time. Yeah, and then it was like okay. Now go get home. Out. Get you get out of it. No, no, it was it was nice. It was nice to have him because I don't get to see him very often. Um, but the, you know there were some nights where we were just sitting around and you know he he came out over two weeks, so I was work. I still had to work. Um, and you know work nights we were just kind of farting around and not to interrupt you again, but let me ask you a quick question yeah. about your brother. Does he support his brother by listening to this? I, I probably not. Oh, well I can all but guarantee not. Then fuck him. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> continue. So we were sitting around one night and I said, I was like, do you watch the challenge? And he's like, what's the challenge? Oh, he's an asshole. And I was like, well, do you know the road rules? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, do you know the real world? He's like, yeah. And it's like, well, you know, they did like a competition show called the challenge. I was like, yeah, didn't they call it the Road Rules Real World Challenge? And I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. So it turns out he watched a lot of the the earlier seasons, mm-hmm. um, but hasn't watched uh, much. Uh, prob- uh, it, it seems like he, he stopped watching somewhere in like the mid, like maybe like the first season of Johnny Bananas. That's right. a terrible place to stop. Like that's that's where he stopped. Um, so I said okay, and he was like, "No, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it." So then I just put Rivals on, and within three minutes, he was hooked. Again, like, he was like, "Oh yeah, well now I'm just gonna watch this entire season tonight." I feel like you do this to everyone who comes over to your home. <laughs> You're like, oh, you should watch the challenge. And they're like, no, I don't think so. And then you just turn it on. <laughs> yeah. How many people have you done this to? More than one. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So we started with Rivals. Um, watched through that pretty quickly. Then we did uh, what's after that? Battle of the X's. One of those seasons later on, it's funny because, you know, I hadn't watched him in a long time, but it was either Battle of the X's 2 or Free Agents. One of those seasons was just unbelievable. It was Free Agents. That season was great. Which one was the one where, was that Battle of the X's 2 where Nani and uh, 
Johnny got to come back. Yes. And then there was the huge thing with, what's her name? Naya. Naya. Yeah. That's Battle of the Exes too. That's maybe the greatest scene of that show. Like oh, one yeah. of the greatest scenes, uh, not the greatest because the greatest is still when Johnny fucks Sarah at all that money. Oh God. The most uncomfortable reality TV scene ever. <laughs> but I just love hearing the story, like reading stories of that moment and the production team being like, yeah, I mean, we, we put that in there, but we didn't actually expect anyone to do it. Oh, bullshit. And then Johnny did it and like everyone was uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they say, but bullshit. You put that opportunity in front of Johnny Bananas, For you already a know what's going to happen. For a reason. Yeah, that's no happy accident. Um, I, I know better, but I'm st- I still am letting my dumb brain think it is. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we watch Rivals, Battle of the Exes. Uh, I think you watch Rivals 2. And then mm-hmm. he was going to watch f- Free Agents, but my brother looked up who won these seasons for some reason. He was like, eh, I don't want to watch another season where Johnny Bananas wins. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Free Agents is one of the best seasons they've had. Like, the entire season's amazing. That is the Laurel Hit List season. <laughs> like... What are you doing? This makes no sense. I love that scene, too. So then he watches Battle of the Exes 2, which ends with Sarah throwing Johnny into elimination. Yeah. And I'm like, you have to watch Rivals 3. You you have to watch Rivals 3. He's like, no, I don't want to watch it because Giant Bananas wins. (laughs) Oh, my God. We just spoil every outcome ever. (laughs) Yeah. He must have. This is like Erica when she spoiled Rivals 3 for herself. But you know what? what's crazy about... Wait, it just made us want to watch it more. Because you're like, oh no, I have to see that. I have to see just how painful and uncomfortable that moment of television is. And it, it lived up to the expectations. The, the great seasons of the challenge really are like peak pro wrestling where there's heels, there's baby faces, and then you have your window dressing, which is kind of like the undercard. Mm-hmm. And everyone, you know, the, there's always the big showdowns of the big heels and baby faces and the eliminations. Mm-hmm. And then eventually someone gets to win in the end. And it's not always the baby face. Sometimes a heel wins, but it sets up the baby face to come back later. Simple TV. Simple, simple, simple. But good. You know, and... Oh, I mean, I'm not a fan of the most recent season. I think uh, Final Reckoning has been pretty terrible so far. But there are seasons of The Challenge that are up there with all-time great TV shows. Like, perfectly edited, great characters, great storylines. Well... You know, one of the things we've talked about before, and and you've said this has been really bad in Final Reckoning, is, you know, these later seasons where where they're getting away from the format. You know, it should every episode should be challenge, house drama, elimination, cut, and and you should you know with some rare exceptions, 
Yeah, if you have like big, a if you have like a major cliffhanger elimination, right. like a huge showdown that you want to try to draw people back with, then it's okay once or twice a season, not every episode. But you know, these last couple of seasons, it's just there's just so much extra shit that you don't need. And you've said this before where it's the my brother said to me, "I'm surprised you would like this show." Like, this just does not seem like you're kind of trash. And like you've said, I totally agree. It, there's the competition element to it. There's that ridiculous physical shit they make them do that makes it interesting. Well, the thing with the show is for a long time, when people would first come into the house, everyone generally got along because... You might have, you know, one person might have won here or there. You know, maybe they were kind of a dick to you, but they weren't like super evil. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't really have a reason to be mad until you got some a couple challenges in. And not even then really, because generally most seasons start with tossing the rookies in until they all eliminate each other. Right. And then maybe one throwaway team, the a layup team, gets to stick around just in case one of the, the people who control the vote need to put an easy win in right. into the elimination. But now, and you know, so the drama wouldn't really get really going until like maybe the third or fourth episode. But those like next six episodes would be so intense and there would be, you know, the physical drama of the challenges and the eliminations. And then there was the mental warfare of the show mm-hmm. that would take place in the house. But it was all stemming from the physical aspect. Whereas now, like on Final Reckoning, people got into a fist fight. The first episode, like they just showed up and got into a fist fight. People who really didn't even even have an issue between each other. It was just like, oh, let's just get drunk and fight. Mm -hmm. And they both got tossed and neither of them's particularly good. So it was like, okay, there's the door. See you later. I don't care. Right. But the, the show is this season of Final Reckoning. It's all drama. There's been like maybe two challenges in one elimination or something in four episodes. It's horrible. Yeah. It completely breaks the format of the show. And you know, that's one of the reasons I really like the most recent season of the champs versus stars. The second, technically the third season of that, but they first one was champs versus pros. So it's really the second season of champs versus stars, but whatever. Mm hmm. I don't know why they changed the name. I guess because they couldn't get pro, pro athletes to come on more than likely. <laughs> but the, and that show it was simple. It was like you like we said. It was a challenge, bullshit drama, elimination, and most of the episodes held that simple formula. Now, if you go watch that season, the show is blatantly fixed to get to the stars as far as possible. Mm-hmm. But whatever, <laughs> the challengers still win, of right. course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this latest season, it's just that the, the balance is off. There isn't the right balance between drama and physical activities. And the drama is just starting just because it's not there for a real reason. And this final reckoning is really rivals for, you know, it's not, it's, it's literally the rivals format. Yeah. But 
which should be a great season, right? There's never been a bad rivals season, mm-hmm. but so far it's been terrible. And maybe they'll turn it around. I don't know because I did think in the end Vendettas ended up being a good season. But of the last three, Dirty Thirty was not particularly good in my opinion. I didn't think so either. I thought Vendettas was solid overall. Have you watched that? Vendettas? Yeah. Yeah. I what'd you think of Vendettas? Um, Corey not being able to kick the flaming soccer ball is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Uh um, well, who knows how much that thing weighed though. Uh but no, Vendettas I thought was pretty good. Um Dirty Thirty agree was just kind of Okay, it's there. Uh, what What's really bothered me the last couple of seasons has been their over-reliance on changing the rules in the middle of the game. Yeah, and, constantly. And, you know, the first time we saw um, them holding people, like eliminated people off to the side, uh, was in uh, Battle of the Exes 2 with the Exile. That was like when they did that time, it was like it was actually really good. And it led to a really great mode of television. Oh, yeah. Uh, But they also only let people back in the house that one time. On Dirty 30, it was like, okay, you get to come back. You get to come back. You get to come back. Yeah, they did it like it was four different times where you where you could go off into the. The, the redemption house rede- and they've, yeah. they've brought that horrible redemption house back to final reckoning and you know I, I think it's a good thing to have every couple of seasons maybe but it I should can't. be a surprise and not we're doing it all the time so everyone knows it's happening right like when they like when those people come on the show and they eliminate four teams week literally like day one mm-hmm. day zero pretty much they're not even in the house yet when that happens, everyone who's playing the game knows they're in the redemption house. There's no doubt. Right. It's yeah. I I've they, they it's just it's lost its root, I think a bit. And I was reading something uh, an interview with one of the producers and they were talking about how you know, they're trying to keep the show fresh and interesting and you know, they're trying different things and it's, and to me it comes back down to that it's not that the format of the show is wrong or that you need to make it more complicated. You just need to develop more interesting younger characters. One of the things my brother said, and um, I don't agree with him 100%, but I understand where he's coming from, and I, I do think there's validity to it. Is He's like, every season we've watched together, it's been all the same people. But that's part of the greatness of the show is long-standing rivalries. Some long-standing rivalries, absolutely. Uh, but you do want to refresh the cast to some degree. Yeah. I think the problem now is the people they add, one, they're adding from different shows, so they're not going through the same casting process. So I don't think... You know, they've gotten lucky with some people. Like, I think... Joss. You know, Joss or... I think like Devin's been a good addition to the show overall, Mm -hmm. but for every Devin, there's just a bunch of geeks who they just don't, they don't add anything to the show. They're not interesting people. Like Johnny is a total asshole, but, and he'll, he'll cut his own mother 
to get money, you know? Like, Johnny is not a good person. But on the other hand, you could see the side to Johnny where if you weren't in a challenge house with him, you could hang out with the guy and have a drink and have a good time. You know, he's not like a repulsive human being. He's just kind of an asshole on the show. I mean, he's a huge asshole on the show. But he has has depth, you know, and someone like Laurel. Laurel is an absolute maniac, but you can see a good person in Laurel. It's just that her fuse is like really short. No, I could see the good person in Laurel. Don't give me that look. Giving him the squinty eyes here. His her fuse is extremely short, though. Yes, it is. Um, and she should also never drink. <laughs> but that's the. <laughs> but that's everyone on the show. Yes. Now they cast people from like Big Brother and uh, X on the Beach and Are You the One and. For the most part, it's complete failures, I would say. They've the Jordy Shore. Yeah, the Jordy Shore. I mean, they've gotten lucky here or there. There's been like three or four good additions maybe, but it's not like when the feeder shows were the real world. The real world produced a lot more interesting people. Mm-hmm. Well, and you need – it's not just good enough to have interesting people. You need athletic people too. Yeah. You know, and – you get you can have a like a couple of kind of scrawny people or you know there are people that just aren't very athletic a season but you know when you're watching them okay if they go far in the show it's because they've been identified as the layup and that is it like they are just not going to be very successful well there's always the chance someone might get lucky you know you you're a layup physically, but maybe a puzzle elimination comes up, you know, yeah. when you really need it. But, yeah, I, you know, I actually think right now, I've said, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I know I've said it to you before, that I think the male cast, especially from a physicality standpoint, is super deep right now. And also, the vast majority of them don't have alliances with Johnny, so there's a lot of people gunning for Johnny all the time. Which is great. Which is interesting. And they could also physically compete with him because it used to be there might be someone who would gun for him, but they couldn't physically compete with him. But Johnny's getting a little older. He's not quite what he once was. His he was elimination never, record is not that he great. He was never great in eliminations. You know, that was never his strong suit, even when he was at his absolute prime. But... So anyway, I think the male cast is very deep overall. We've talked about this before. The female cast is fucking terrible. It's Cara Maria. That's it. And then everyone else. That's the list. Yeah. And Cara is like, I find her super unlikable on the show. She she goes back and forth for me. Like There are seasons where she's, she's fine and she's okay. And then there's seasons where she's just really whiny. And yeah, she's a big whiner and which is weird because usually people who win a lot don't whine so much, <laughs> you know, she's a big whiner. Yeah. And I mean, there, there have been seasons where, you know, maybe it was justified a little bit, but then maybe if people liked you a little more, you wouldn't get thrown into every elimination. Uh, well, you know, I, I do think when she first came on the show, she got bullied a lot just for being a little weird. I do think that happened. Mm-hmm. But now, 
her personality has changed over time, which, you know, would happen to anyone who spends all this time on reality TV. But now she comes off very fake to me. She doesn't seem like an amped up version of herself anymore. It's kind of, it's kind of like pro wrestling again, where the best reality TV characters are amped up versions of their real personality. Right. She seems like she's playing a completely different character now. Like it's all made up for the show mm-hmm. rather than just because it used to just be like, yeah, I'm weird, but I also like to compete and I'm friendly. Like people, I think people did I, like her. Now I don't think she's liked. I do. I do wonder how, what the impact of social media has been um, on these, on, on the cast. Because if you look at, you know, earlier seasons, um, people you know the the early cast that didn't have social media you know or you know even when it was in its infancy where you weren't becoming a, you know an instagram star where you weren't having that following you know a lot of people on those earlier seasons people will only know you because they were dedicated to watching the challenge mm-hmm. you know the with the with social media and being able to become a celebrity on on Twitter and Instagram I think the cast sees a lot of this as this is not my final payday I can pivot this into some sort of further celebrity and career and I think that that's part of it so they start they're playing their character all the time because yeah. they, they never turn it off. I would definitely say that social media has had a negative impact on the show overall because mm-hmm. it has affected the show in a very bad way over time. Not only that people are getting so much feedback to how they're acting, but then they kind of feel like you said, they have to present themselves in a certain way rather than being themselves, you know, like, Guys like Johnny or CT, those are those guys. Mm-hmm. It might be the worst version of themselves a lot of the time, but it is them. Mm-hmm. It's not something that was written for them. Whereas when, you know, now I don't know what's what's a good example. When Kayla comes on the show, she feels completely like she's playing off a script. And one of the things that I really liked about the challenge is that it didn't feel fake. Like, obviously, I know the producers are setting up situations to get a reaction. Or you you trap everyone in a house and you take away everything from them. Right. And, of course, you're going to fight. You know, if, if they trapped me, you, and Erica in this house and they took away everything except alcohol, you know, there'd be fighting. Even, like, <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah, there'd be, there'd be a ton of fighting. Mostly between you and Erica while I was laughing in the background. <laughs> but... That's just the reality of the situation when you put people in something. You you put people in a cage and they're going to act like animals. Yeah. Yeah, it it's you know, it's to I think the show has some challenges going forward and, No pun intended. Oh. Um that they're going to have to overcome to get back to being good. And you know, you got to you got to you gotta the the younger cast needs to start really winning and um t- 
taking over and making that transition because the show can't be Johnny Bananas forever. You know, he, he'll go until they won't invite him back, but it, it really, like, we need to see, you know, how, how, how bad do you want to see a Tony win? Love to see a Tony win. Um, oh, come on. Tony time is great. Uh, I love watching him eat. <laughs> but other than that, I wouldn't say I, like, really want to see him win. I, I would like to see the I, – I really want to see the female cast be reloaded because right now it's a bunch of women who get trampled over by the men. They do whatever the men want them to do, voting-wise, politics-wise within the game. Mm-hmm. Even Kara is, re- Kara is really going along with whatever the guys want. She's not forging her own path. Well, think, think about Kara for a minute. I mean, and I was talking about this with my brother – you know, she should be one of the, the most powerful people in the house. She's the strongest woman, but the problem is she's got no politic. She has no sway in politics. Yeah, she doesn't have tight friends who she can trust. Right. So every so she's either she's just gotta go with the flow on that. And, you know, that makes her life harder because she ends up in more eliminations. Um well. I think what generally happens is she actually avoids eliminations because most of the women are so scared of her. You know, they want someone else to do the work, but they don't want to do the work type of thing. Right. And they don't want her to come back on them. I mean, by now, for sure. Like, if you're throwing, if you're throwing Cara Marie in an elimination, uh, you know that that's you're not. No one's going to ask for Cara Maria. No one's going to come in and be like, oh, I'm in the elimination. Throw Card Maria on me. No, not unless they <laughs> want to go home. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I would, Her character's I mean, interesting. Well, she is an odd but interesting person, but not in a, I you know, this is compelling television way. No, they, they really miss the, like, an Evelyn, who I think, I think Evelyn's actually a lawyer now, so they're never going to be able to get oh, her Oh, really? Back. Yeah. <laughs> But like on the island where she tells him, fuck you and fuck your alliance. <laughs> like the women wouldn't do that now. They no. wouldn't stand in front of everybody and say that. No. You know, Laurel was always great. She'd stick it to the guys any chance she had. Uh, you know, I would love to see an Emily back on Freak Beast herself. But, you know, she's probably only going to do the champs versus star stuff because of time constraints. Mm hmm. But, you know, they got to find a way to reload the women because, man, they're so bad overall. They're not interesting and they have no physicality. Yep. All right. I'm ready to move on. Are you? I sure am. Okay. What do you got? I want to hear your thoughts on Alex Jones sort of kind of getting kicked off some platforms. (laughs) Well, let's start. Let's start with this. Let's start with this. It's absolutely fucking hilarious to me that nothing has ever happened to the guy. And then Apple kicks him off something and the rest of the fucking tech industry is like, oh, daddy said we can move now. <laughs> it's very true. It, it is. Just fucking That's literally just, what happened. It's hysterical. Uh, you know, it it's. I think there's a lot of interesting uh, discussion to be had, but I will start with this. Each of those platform, you know, none of those platforms are the government. 
So they are free to censor whoever they feel like it. Um, so long as they're not discriminating based on, you know, gender, age, sexuality, you know, the protected, the protected classes, uh, of which Alex Jones is not being kicked off can for you, that. Can you, if you're a business though, can you discriminate on politics? I can't remember. Yes, you can. You can? Okay. You can absolutely discriminate on politics. Okay. Um, so, you know, the, 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 the start with just the basic here, what they did is perfectly legal. There is nothing, uh, illegal about what they did. Now, here comes the interesting question though. Was what they did though, unethical? I don't think so. But my reason for that is if if Alex Jones really wants to, he wants his voice to be heard on the internet and he 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 is free to start up his own company, his own video streaming service mm-hmm. and you know broadcast to the world. And if he really is that popular, the market will support that. It was Interesting, though. Did you see that article on The Verge that after his kind of being kicked off iTunes that um, his app went from like number 48 in the news list to number three? Yep, I saw that. So it did have that unintended consequence of bringing much more attention to him. You know, if the day when that happened, he really it was the front page news of almost every major website. You know, I think a lot of people that didn't even know about him suddenly were like, why is this guy getting kicked off of stuff and what's the deal here? I think it actually grew his user base dramatically. Uh, it probably, I think you're right in that it definitely drew a lot of eyes to him, you know, from a lot of people who were rightly ignoring him or were just generally ignorant to it. But. Uh, and there were probably a lot of people who just went and said, what is this? Um, and inevitably a certain percentage of those people were like, Oh wait, I agree with this guy here. Take my money for your fake her herbal <laughs> supplements. God, what a great, what a great shtick. The guy really is the modern day snake oil salesman. Oh, that's exactly what he is. And that that's the problem. This is, this goes back to, you know, the the origins of techno libertarianism and you know, they want to say well, anyone can do whatever they want whenever they want. Uh it's the internet. Uh mm. but you know, it's it actually goes back to an argument I've had a lot when we used to talk about like streamers getting screwed over by YouTube. I know. Uh, go ahead. And you, I know you love to say this, so please. Well, I, I'm not going to belabor it, but you know, my point always is that you can't rely on a third party to, for your business. Um, I thought this would actually be your first point. So I can't believe it's like your fourth point. I'm actually stunned. <laughs> I thought this would be the first thing you would say. 
No, no, because it, the only reason it's not is because there's this, there is all of the ethical questions around, was it, you know, is it right for these companies to censor people? Well, so there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I think when you take a guy who's a big conspiracy theorist, and that's definitely the largest part of his act, right? Mm -hmm. And I view it very much as a performance. Unfortunately, there's a lot of idiots who view it as someone trying to tell them the truth. You know, I view it like it's a big, a big show. But when you take a guy who's a big conspiracy theorist who's saying, you know, what's the stuff? Uh, lizard people have, you know, taken over our government. Uh, the They turn the water. They the turn water. the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> they Alec. turn the freaking frogs gay. Sandy Hook, uh, Sandy Hook truther. Those children were crisis actors, right? Yep. That all the all that bullshit. When you take a guy like that, and in like a twelve-hour period, you start banning him off of things, and it's all these different tech companies at the same time magically making a decision in the same day. That looks like you're colluding. <laughs> you know, you've kind of almost like bolstered his there was platform. no collusion there was no collusion alex <laughs> and even if there was it's not a crime but you know what i'm, I'm not talking about it from a crime perspective yeah, I know, yeah. but it does look like it's it's so funny to do it like this to a guy who has been saying they were going to do this to him you know that is that that is the challenge of what society is facing right now where they're telling you that they're coming for me. They're coming for me. They don't want you to hear the truth that I'm speaking. They're coming for me. And then they do. <laughs> right. And it's then, kind of a bad look. Right. And the, the problem is that they did not do something about it a long enough time ago. They were the tech companies were perfectly content to let them rack up millions of views to put into their ad revenue stream. Uh, and but it grew his audience. It made him a celebrity. Uh, and it's now you've got to deal with this backlash of people are gonna say you're censoring him and they're going to believe him more. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is because it's easy to say, you know, deplatform Alex Jones. Uh, who are the other crazies on the internet? Deplatform Jordan Peterson, you know, all these people like this who are completely out there, but it's easy for us to say that because we view these people as like crazy people who are enabling hate speech or at least mm -hmm. fanning the flames. But if suddenly, you know, the example I gave to Erica was if YouTube tomorrow said we're completely banning the Young Turks off YouTube, which is a very like far left news program, essentially. Right. People would be mad about that. That and that. 
so this gets back this is a fundamental issue with you know what we believe in as a country and it has always been the challenge that we've had to come to terms with um you know again freedom of speech does not mean freedom you know freedom that a company a private company needs to support you and give you a platform no however we do believe that no matter or at least we used to believe no matter how crazy what you had to say you had a right to say it you know you could be the biggest that's why the uh the kkk is still permitted to have marches in public right that's why you know anyone is free to publish conspiracy theories uh it it's it's a fundamental part of our uh, of the bill of rights and yes it's really hard to sit there and say you know to 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 defend these people when they're saying such hateful things like Get, don't get me wrong. Alex Jones can burn in hell. I, he's a monster. But what you have to realize is if you you start banning him, you start censoring him. What's the line? And there is none. It's, you know, what's to stop, like you said, what's to stop them from banning the Young Turks? Um because young Turks suddenly are bashing Google left and right for its, you know, its business practices. And, you know, Google says, well, we can do what we want because we're, it's a private service. And so it's, it's really hard. And I know one of the things I saw the other day, it was the anniversary of Charlottesville. Um, and, you know, the, the tragedy of that young woman who lost her life, uh, to one of those asshole Nazis. And someone was complaining on Twitter that we're talking about, you know, neo-Nazis being silenced instead of this young woman who lost her life. And you can't make it that, you can't make it this black and white thing because our, our rights to free speech are a lot of the reason that we're still here and that we don't live, in, you know, in Turkey or in Egypt where, you know, you're under oppressive rule because the government can silence you. And up until, you know, up until just fairly recently, it really was the government you had to worry about. You know, the government shutting down a newspaper um, or, you know, by overly taxing them or, you know, arresting journalists. Uh, but now the biggest platforms, uh, are private and the only way, you know, if you're, if you're going to broadcast yourself, the only way to do it in a reasonable way is through these large internet communities yeah and that's that's the thing is it isn't a free speech violation and it's not technically 
censoring your free speech, but it still is censorship. And a lot of these platforms really have kind of become the town square, right? Right. Like Facebook is essentially a big media news company. They don't like want to say they are because that would bring a bunch of negative repercussions for them, but they pretty much are. And if you're not on like YouTube, you're going to have a really hard time reaching a substantial audience. You know, no one's getting a substantial audience on fucking daily motion or Vimeo. Yeah. No. And so it's not. And what's in what's second to Facebook, uh, you know, like Google plus <laughs> and you know, okay. Someone's going to say like Instagram. Well, Instagram's owned by Facebook. Alex. Well, WhatsApp. WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. Teampoomanife.com is bigger than Google+. Plus. <laughs> There's certainly a debate to be had. <laughs> but, but you're... You, and I don't, I don't know what the solution is. I, I don't either. Uh, I, I, I think, though, as people have these conversations, you have to remember why the Bill of Rights is here. Now, there's a lot of debate about the Bill of Rights, particularly around one Second Amendment, um, and whether or not it's still valid. Uh, but those, and that's that's those are good debates to have. But you, but don't forget why it's there in the first place. The Bill of Rights was very specifically set up because government, the the British government, and the governments in all of history have done these things to their people. And it's not like suddenly humans have changed and they're not willing to be dicks to other people. The only reason that we live in with the amount of freedom that we have is because we set up our government to do so. And it is under attack in a way that we've never seen before you have the president of the united states on an almost daily basis saying that the that the press is the enemy of the people and people won't believe anything that doesn't come from their preferred news source yeah you know fox news is the easy punching bag for that but it's not just fox news you know, if if you didn't hear it from from the guy you follow on this website, it's not true. And it's so hard to prove anything because people don't know what facts are anymore. So it's it's really quite scary. And I I worry that uh, I worry that it's only going to get worse I definitely don't see it getting better anytime soon. I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say because this Alex Jones thing um, to me almost feels like a testing of the water, you know? Yeah. And I'm not, what else can we do? I'm not defending Alex Jones in any way. You know, like I said, to me, I view it like he's a performer. I don't believe any shit he says, but there are unfortunately a lot of idiots who do believe the dumb shit he's spewing. And those are dangerous people because you can't predict stupidity. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it, I, I, it is a concern, like, who 
who is YouTube going to decide to shut down next? Or who is Facebook going to decide to come down on next? You know, and there's no coming back from that. You know, if Facebook says you're done, you just kind of essentially don't exist on the internet anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's easy to say like, oh, well, start up your own company or start up your own video streaming service. Well, do you have $50 million sitting around, you know? Right. Like, it's not exactly a small endeavor. And on the off chance that you actually do start up something and you do get going, someone's going to come along and buy you. Like, let's say let's say today, uh, for some reason, millions of people start listening to our podcast, you know. That's never going to happen, of course. <laughs> but let's pretend it does. If fill-in-the-blank company came along and said, hey, we want to buy your podcast network from you for a billion dollars, we'd be like, give me the fucking papers, you know? Right. Great. <laughs> I'm fucking set. You know, And a lot of people have made that decision because when someone like – because a billion dollars to Facebook is zero. It's nothing. It's nothing to stamp out competition. Yeah. And, and so it, it's – it's it i i really wonder you know where we're going to be i have no doubt that so long as we can avoid a a major nuclear war um that the course will right its ship eventually but how long is eventually is are we talking 20 years 30 50 100 things will things will balance back out but it it could it might be a long time until we get to that point yeah it's so strange because for so long it felt like things were improving in terms mm -hmm. of race relations in terms of uh you know, men versus women or however you want to look at it. Yep. And actually it was really more like it's been bubbling under the surface and it was kind of like stamped down, but oh. Trump came along and for, for some reason it just enabled all the crazy people and they're back in full force mm -hmm. and they're stronger than ever. And now they have an easy way to mobilize through the internet. Yep. Well, I, I think a lot of what what has been so part of the divisiveness is once the internet came around along and, you know, it was started like, what, maybe five years ago, six years ago when, you know, a lot of the police violence started getting brought up to the surface. And it really started to present people with the the underlying problem the things that no one did see before and rather than as a society say hey look there's still some shit we need to deal with it became how dare you fucking kneel during the national anthem <laughs> yeah you motherfucker well that's just that's just the new beach ball for people to bounce around and be mad about that's the new game marriage. right but i mean the concept is still there right. that that's it has become it's, it's become, become a, it's become a conservative rallying point and 
the politicians are more than happy to to be divisive. Um, it, the more divided it is, the more likely they're to win. The, you know, no one. It's it's bad for politicians for the people to come to a middle ground and to say, oh yeah, you know, here's something I can concede on, and you get this. Um, mm-hmm. because then it means you don't know who's gonna win. And right now, it's oddly in a fu- in a funny way, it's back to you don't know who's gonna win. But not because people are coming together, but because they're so far polarized that now you're getting who is who's going to win on both sides of the spectrum. Because now you've got the left fighting the radical left and the right fighting the radical right. And it's ping ponging over there instead of in the center where it should. Well, and. The vast majority of the discourse, especially on the internet in prominent ways, is between the crazies. It's between the far left and the far right. And anyone who isn't in those places, you're almost like you're pigeonholed like you're a moderate, you know? And it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm very liberal. I'm just not crazy liberal, (laughs) you know? People hate moderates. Yeah. Hey, moderates. And, and, you know, I describe myself as generally fiscally conservative, socially liberal. Um, uh, <laughs> but you know, a lot of people would just hate my, you know, I would say something about how, well, we have to deal with, like in the state of Illinois, we have to deal with the fact that there is this huge pension problem. I understand the state created it, but we have to deal with it somehow. It's it's not going away. It just keeps causing trouble, and we keep punting it down the road. And that may mean cutting back on some things. You fucking monster! Why don't you care about people? They're they're out in the sh- like. Hold on here, like. You can't, it's impossible to have uh, a discussion or God forbid you agree with, with something that, you know, just outright, you know, one of the things that I, I do typically um, agree with is that the, you know, there is a certain segment of our population that is frankly weak and does not is not willing to do what they have to do to get by and they do feel that sense of entitlement now i don't think it's nearly as big as the pundits would have you think but it exists and you can't have that opinion if you run in liberal circles um so you can't win if you're a moderate at all because if you agree with one thing that the other side thinks you're immediately a monster. Yeah. I also think in general, the vast majority of people should be deleting their social media. Social media for sure is making most people much, most people much more unhappy. Like how many people are on social media all the time and they actually seem happier because of it. 
Or are they just on there arguing with somebody over some dumb shit? The only, the you know, getting rid of Facebook, the best thing I ever did. I, I Honestly, best thing I ever did. It just made me miserable all the time. Um, and, you know, I probably should delete Twitter too. I, yeah. I definitely should delete Twitter. I feel like I was so far ahead of the curve on this shit. Like I never even signed up. I've always enjoyed technology and to see where it'll go and what it'll do. And I've, you know, so I, I kind of stuck with it for a while. And, you know, at this point, the only thing I use Twitter for is to bitch about Metra, which deserves to be bitched about. Um, and to... There's a couple of ra- like there's a DJ I follow, very sparingly. Like I, ch- but there's still just so much politics on Twitter. It's like I, I gotta get you know I'm like, there are like these fringe little things that I really like about Twitter, and but then there's all this bullshit you gotta put up with too. It's like I don't want to deal with all the bullshit anymore. Yeah, Twitter's in a really bad spot because they act like they want to moderate the platform, but they actually really don't. And anytime they suspend or ban anybody, no matter who it is, they get a bunch of shit. Anyone prominent, I mean. Right. And they their their execution of their um banning policy is haphazard. Uh they will outright admit that someone violates their terms of service, but they're popular. They got a lot of followers. Yeah, I mean, Trump, for example, of course, should have been banned years ago, but because he's, Trump. He's, because he's popular and he's the president, he gets to stay on. You know, you should be... But the reason they don't ban him, of course, is wherever he would go would probably skyrocket in popularity. Right. And they don't want that to happen. They're terrified. He's got a ton of control. No. So I, I think I I just I'm I'm like this close to just jumping off of Twitter. Uh the one service I do like is Instagram. And the only reason I like Instagram Models. Well, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I follow I follow ski and snowboarders. Um, which just makes me happy. Uh, I follow family and a couple friends like in that, that I like, cause it's just, it's what I always liked about Facebook, which was, it's just, I just want to see your photos. So let me see your photos. I don't need long posts. I don't need all this other bullshit. Of course, Instagram though is owned by Facebook. So, yeah, so they got your data. They got my data. Um, and the whole thing with data is frankly just super annoying, but I have a smartphone, so either Apple or uh, Google will get my data anyways. So you can't get away from that even if it bothers you. Depending on what you put through your phone and what's on linked to your account and everything, yeah. What do you think? Have you seen the pictures of the Pixel 3 XL? With its, like, well... Of a notch. 
That has to be the worst smart do- smartphone design I've ever seen in my life. It, it's not great. It really isn't. <laughs> and it's so weird because for the longest time, Google was really making great phones that were underpriced. You know, the Nexus 5, the Nexus 4, the... 5x the 6p you know i go on i go on the down the list these were all really good phones that were reasonably priced Mm -hmm. and now the last like basically since the start of the pixel line they're releasing phones that are okay to good but they're way overpriced like yeah. that 3XL is going to come out with its giant notch that's twice the size of the Android status bar and everything. It's going to look horrible. It's going to be a total eyesore, horrible phone design. That thing's going to be like $900. And it's going to suck. I just don't understand it. I the Pixel 2 sold like shit. Uh and you know what is the the mindset here? Oh, let's just copy let's just copy Apple. And Let, maybe let's copy like Apple, it. but let's do a design that even a Chinese smartphone manufacturer wouldn't live with. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Go look at the Chinese. Go look at Huawei or go look at OnePlus or Oppo. They're way far ahead of Google's hardware. Mm-hmm. Way far ahead. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I couldn't tell you, man. I really couldn't. It makes no sense to me. Like it it looks like the phone I would have expected 2 years ago. <laughs> but it's coming out in 2 months. Right. I don't know. Like a, you know, and that's the thing. I I think phones have just they're just phones now again. They're not Well, they're very standardized. They're not there's very, nothing special about yeah. them. Used, you know, in the in the early days of the iPhone and the early Android phones, it was always exciting to hear the keynotes at their presentations and hear all the new things they could do and, you know, what was coming. And now, I mean, frankly, it's, you know, it's just another phone. Like, yeah, you're just looking for the one that has the set of features that are the most important to you. But they're very similar. Yep. You know, until someone gives me a battery that lasts a week on a charge, (laughs) I'm not really interested. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't know what Apple or Google could offer me that would be like, ooh, that's interesting. Well, especially because Android is also completely stagnant. There's been like no major feature introductions. I guess you could always come up with some reason to think something's a big deal, but really it's been the same and they just kind of tweak the interface just to pretend it's, you know, important and it's a new version and everything. We can never have a black mode for some reason. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know every UI designer's obsession with white. I mean, I truly don't understand. (laughs) Like, do these people not use their phones in a dark room or at night? Guess not. (laughs) Because, shit, I mean, a lot of these people are going to be, you know, we're probably going to be blind when we're 60 because of, these, because of these white screens Can't on our phones. Wait. I, uh, on Reddit, someone posted a picture of this new uh, Oppo phone, which is one of the Chinese manufacturers, and that's 
OnePlus is a subsidiary of them, so this design will probably be what's used by the OnePlus 6T. Mm-hmm. And the notch is actually really nice. It's like a tiny triangle where the front-facing camera is, and the rest is just screen on top. It's this tiny triangle. And the first comment on Reddit was something like, we should is that how many trying how many of those triangles can you fix inside that fit inside the Pixel 3 XL notch? And then someone was like, that should be a new unit of measurement. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's uh It's a very I'm, uninteresting uh market right now. I mean, I, I'll say I'm very happy with um with your, your S8, with my S8, but uh, it's you know it doesn't excite me. Like it, I, I'm happy with it because it does what I need it to do. It perform, you know, it's the performance is good. I, I'm not, you know, it doesn't glitch out too often. It's it does what I need, and that's all I want from a phone. Yeah, you know, I like. The screen on it is beautiful. I can't deny that. Um, you know, but do I really need the beautiful screen? I could have lived without it. I mean, I wasn't going to, but I could have. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, if if I if if I did have to to, you know, if if for monetary reasons or whatever, I needed to settle for a lesser phone, though, I could have. And it would have been just fine. It would have been totally fine. I right. I also am wondering what's the next gimmick, especially with TVs, because, you know, they tried 3D and that totally failed. And what's going to be the next gimmick to try to sell TVs? Because, you know, you got that LG B7. And at 4K, I mean, I practically pressed my fucking eyeball against that screen. And I can't see pixels. So... I already know like two or three years from now, the TV, if not sooner, the TV manufacturers are going to be like, you really need 8K or something along those lines. And I'm going to be like, fuck you. We're still broadcasting in 1080i. (laughs) Yeah, really? Broadcasts are in 720p slash 1080i. That's fucking bullshit. I, you know, TVs are, TV is a befuddling market to me. Because this was how is everyone not out of business? I don't know. I just I look at last year. Last year, where there was a huge shift, where suddenly all of the 4KTs crashed in price, and that and now, like if you go to Best Buy now, except for the real the tiniest TVs, like under 40 inches, uh, you can't, everything's 4K. You can't find a 1080 TV anymore. No, you can't. Not um, one that you would want. Right. I mean, not that these 4K TVs are particularly good, um, but, you know, like a dec- you can get a decent mid-range Vizio at like 800 bucks for... You, you could go on Amazon and get like a 55-inch TCL, mm-hmm. which is a totally good TV for 99% of the people. Uh-huh. You could get that for like 400 bucks. Yeah. You get like... It's it's ridiculous, and so I just don't know what changed for the the TV manufacturers. Why why was last year this huge push? Um, 
you know, and it sold a lot of TVs. Um, but there, there are plenty of people like this. You know, the TV up here is still 1080p. Yeah, and it's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, I sit on the couch and, you know, I I don't think about oh, I wish this was 4K. Not at all. I never want. I it, wish I could run through my data cap a little faster here. Yes. Um, you know, and and for the stuff that I really do care about the image quality, yes, I'm going down to the, my home theater. But oh, we're calling it a home oh, theater. It's now? the home theater. Oh, we just can't say basement. The home theater, Alex. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've gone off the fucking deep end. <laughs> No, I, I don't. I don't know. It, it's you know because they put they push so many 4K TVs out. There's still not an abundance of 4K content. No, uh, it's basically for 4K content. It's basically some shows on Netflix, some YouTube videos, and most video games. If you have a PS4 Pro or Xbox One X, yeah. Or a really awesome PC. So but if you're not a gamer, there's no way you could justify a 4K TV. There's just no way. Um, the only way you could is if you wanted to put a stupidly large TV with a ve- with a short viewing distance. <laughs> sure, if you're going to sit three feet away from it and you need a 100-inch television. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's... I mean, there's use cases for it. Um, but not $2,000 use cases. It's, it's really, uh, it just doesn't make much sense, you know, unless you find out that the TV you thought was 1080p was really like (laughs) 990p. Who did that happen to? I have no idea. Who did that drive completely off the rails? Who almost got divorced over that? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, so I don't know what the next gimmick is. Uh, yeah, and, fo- and phones are in the same spot. You know, like we've played with your phone going between 1080p and 1440p. Can't fucking tell a difference. Anyone, anyone who says they can see a difference on a six inch or smaller panel between... 1080p and 1440p is a fucking liar. With my contacts in, I have 2020 vision. There is no way anybody can see a difference because I can't see a difference. So I don't understand what the point is other than the need to draw your battery faster. Even if you can see a difference, Alex, it's so minuscule. It's nothing. Right. I mean, you're, you're not just, you turn it on the lowest setting and then, yeah, you're used to it within a day. Some people claim they can see a difference on small text. I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. No, I don't either. You know, so it's like my S8. I, I leave it on the lowest setting now because there's no point. Yeah, it's a little snappier. uses less battery. It really is. So, and, and, and I know, in, look, in phones, within the next two years for sure, we're going to start seeing 4K phones. It's going to be a complete waste of battery power. Yep. Yep, but they need something to get you to buy it, Alex. Yeah, well, especially, I mean, Samsung is already making, all their phones are already coming with, like, 
essentially flawless OLED panels, you know, mm-hmm. fast response time, perfect color accuracy, very bright, perfect blacks, obviously. These are flawless panels. I don't know what they're supposed to do to improve on them other than claim you need a 4K panel to watch that sweet YouTube video at some horribly low bit rate, of course. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, like, who could see? Like, when I watch video on YouTube, I watch video in 720p so it doesn't use as much data. Because mm-hmm. I can't see a difference on a five and a half inch screen between 720p and 1080p. Nope. You can't. You can't at all. I, I did. So, you know, Amazon and Netflix, you can download uh, video. And on, uh, I don't know about Netflix, but on uh, Amazon, you can select the quality of the download you want. Right. And I did an experiment on a flight where I downloaded, you know, probably a season of the challenge. And I did different episodes at different resolutions just to see if I would notice. And yeah, I noticed the difference between the lowest and the highest. But one, it wasn't so bad that I'm like, oh man, why did I download the lowest resolution? Two, but also the steps in between were like, I, I can't, it's just not noticeable. Yeah, if, if you drop, if you're on your phone and you drop a YouTube video to 480p, you could absolutely see pixels. Uh-huh. At 720p, there's no way unless you're pressing your eyeball against the fucking screen. And if you're doing that, you deserve the blindness that's coming. <laughs> I mean, you know, you've earned it. Congrats. You've won the Idiot Olympics. All right, Alex. You're done. Do you I have can tell. anything I else? I can tell. You're just tiring out. You're ready for bed. I, I need a nap <laughs> or a sleep. Bob the dog needs a sleep because he didn't sleep all day. Yeah, I'm sure Bob the dog is uh, really ready to go to bed. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us tonight. Why don't you say it, Bob? I already said it. Alex. Yes. Hug me. Hold me tight. This is weird. This has been a Puma Knife production.